for that. Mark chapter five. I'm going to start in verse one. I'm going to read about 20 verses today. So just stay with me. It says, then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, this is Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying aloud and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And he cried out loud with his voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit, Jesus had said. Then he asked, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled and they told in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Jesus had ruined the bacon business in the Gadarenes. <laughs> and then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the legion sitting. Sitting. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Sitting. It's a sign of authority. I have authority over it when I can sit in it. And he was clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon possessed and about the swine. Then they pleaded with Jesus. They begged him to leave from their region. And when he got in the boat, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marvel. You don't need a degree from a Bible college to tell people what Jesus has done for you. You can get saved and on the day you get saved, you can start proclaiming the good news of Jesus. So Father, in Jesus name, we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word, to be in your house, to worship your name, to be with your people we thank you, God, that you are here to speak to us, to declare something in our lives that would change us forever. We're grateful for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. The story of Mark chapter 5 is a continuation of a story that happened in Mark chapter 4. Jesus had told his disciples to get into a boat. We were going to go to the other side. We were going to go to the Decapolis region. 
They get in the boat, and as they're in the boat, many of you, if you've been in church for any period of time, you know the story of the storm that comes up, and Jesus is sleeping in the boat, and he is awoken by the, he's woken up by the disciples, and they're freaking out, and Jesus rebukes the storm, and then he rebukes their faith, and then they make it to the other side. And I think this is so important that we understand that the disciples had to get through a storm so that Jesus could get to this man. And I don't know what kind of storm is raging in your life right now. But I want to tell you something that on the other side of this storm is someone that Jesus is trying to get to. And if you will just hang on and trust God in the middle of what you don't understand, when you get to the other side of this thing, you will be able to look back and say, God, you brought me through that storm because there was somebody going through a storm that needed the testimony of the storm that I just came through. Can somebody in the room say amen? Has anybody in the room ever been on the other side of a storm and look back and said, God, you brought me through this, not just for me, but you brought me through this because there was somebody on the other side of my obedience. There was somebody on the other side of me getting through the thing that I thought was gonna destroy my life it was there by the enemy to make me want to quit because he knew once I got to the other side, how many people's lives would be changed by my testimony. Anybody in the room got a testimony today? Anybody got to look what the Lord has done in my life? Anybody want to put your hands together and just thank God that he's brought you through the storms? And if he brought you through that one, he'll bring you through this one. Jesus calms the storm. Let's go to the other side. There's always someone on the other side of your storm. Then they came to the other side of the sea. Verse one says to the country of the Gadarenes. And when Jesus gets out of the boat immediately, the Bible says this man starts running towards Jesus with an unclean spirit. He's been living in the tombs. No one can bind him. No one can shackle him. No one can hold him down. He cannot be held down with shackles that are made by man, but he's held down by these shackles that the enemy has put on his life. And he keeps tearing off the shackles that men have created, but he keeps himself bound by these shackles that the enemy has made. And as soon as Jesus gets there, the Bible says he starts to run to him. And as he runs to him, the Bible says that he falls down on his knees and he worships him. I want to understand why people who are not possessed by a legion of demons can't worship. But this guy who's possessed can worship. I would say to you this morning, I don't, again, I don't know what you're going through, but if you can find a way to get worship out of your spirit to God, there is nothing too hard for God today. There is nothing too, I don't know what you came into this room carrying. 
I don't know, it must, have been, it must have been a really heavy weight to carry that many demons. I don't know what you came in this room carrying. It might, it might not be devils. If it is, we'll rebuke those and cast them out. But if you came in this room with some weight in your life, I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you this morning, if you could just worship, God will meet you at the point of your worship and you will have an experience with him that will overwhelm you and overtake you. If you can just worship. You can just worship. So he worships Jesus. And it doesn't stop there. Jesus isn't finished with the man. Because even though he's worshiping, he's still bound. And so I want to I I encourage you in something this morning. Don't wait until you get free to worship God. Don't wait until everything's been broken off of your life. Don't wait until the burden lifts. Go ahead and give God the praise and the worship that he deserves now in anticipation of what you know he will do if I'll just worship him. So he worships, and the Bible says that Jesus and these demons start to have a conversation. The first thing they say is, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? It's an incredible thing to me that these demons immediately recognize Jesus. Because they've seen him before. (laughs) So when you've seen something before and it shows up again, you know exactly what it is. And they know exactly who Jesus is and what Jesus is capable of. This is the same Jesus who said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So they know the power and the authority that Jesus has. There's a story in the Bible where some people come and they try to cast out some devils. And they look at the men who are trying to cast the devils out and they say, Paul, we know, Peter, we know, but uh, who are you? We, 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 we know Jesus, we know the disciples, we, but you are here and you don't have the authority to cast us out. Can I, can I give you just some encouraging words this morning? Maybe some, some uh, let, me, let me just teach you a little something today. Those demons actually left those people and jumped on them. Never try to take authority in a situation you don't have authority in. Because that situation will turn around and bite you right square (laughs) in the you know why but Jesus has the authority so they call him by his proper title son of the most high God they know what's getting ready to happen this comes from the old testament title for God El Elyon which refers to God's his extreme power his extreme sovereignty his majesty over everything his omnipresence his omniscience all of that he is Jesus is the most high God they knew that there is no other God he is God he is the supreme authority and power and might nothing in this world can overtake him So I want to tell you this morning, I don't know what you came with, but I I, I don't know what you came in the room with, but you are not following just a good teacher who has some good advice. You are following the son of the most high God, who it doesn't matter what you're going through today. He has all power. He has all authority over whatever you're facing today. Not just a teacher with some insight. He's the son of the most high 
God. And the demons knew it and they confessed it immediately. They recognized who Jesus was and they couldn't help themselves. Philippians 2 and 10 says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you know in that day, Jesus isn't going to have to say bow? The world's just not going to be able to contain itself. They're going to recognize the power when he splits the sky and he comes riding in. What are they going to say? But Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What else are they going to do? No excuse then. <laughs> so they say they, they didn't even, they didn't even, it, it was almost as if they didn't ha even have a say in the matter. They just said it. Jeremiah said, I'd shut up about you, but it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't, if I try to keep it quiet, I just get louder. <laughs> oh man. The demons show us this, but they also show us something very interesting as well. James addresses this in James chapter two, verse 19, when he says, oh, you say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. He says, can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Wow. Pretty it's, it's, so my faith in Jesus is not the same as the demon's faith in Jesus. My faith in Jesus is unto salvation. And it's followed up by good works. Come on, somebody. So they say, they say, son of the most high God, son of the most high God. And then they go, they said, please, we implore you by God. They start, to, they, start to, they start to talk to Jesus about the nature of God. Please, because God is good, don't do this to us. Please, because God is merciful, don't torture 